Welcome to Episode 7 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Hey guys, so welcome along to episode 7 of Iron Man Talk with Bevan James Iles and Coach John Newsom. How are you going, mate? Very good, very good. And you? Oh, yeah, it's a bit cold in Christchurch at the moment. It's actually freezing, eh? Beautiful day, though. We've had a few days of rain, and today when we got out of bed, and it was just not a cloud in the sky, so... Actually, on Friday, mate, I, I, I heard you're at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> it, was pat- it, was absolutely, it was flooding in Christchurch on Friday, so I was forced to go to the gym. Luckily, my uh, wife has a free entrance. That was the only other reason I went. <laughs> I cracked up when I heard you at the gym. So yeah. Anyway, for this week, uh, for the news, we've got um, upcoming races are coming up this weekend. We've also got results from last week's races. Uh, Chris McCormick and Tim DeBoom are both racing at the UK 70.3, so it's kind of interesting. We're going to uh, talk about the race reports from Terenzo Bazzoni, Cameron Brown, and Lisa Bentley from uh, Wildflower and St. Croix. Got the name. I've been practicing that all day. Um, we got a little bit more detail on what happened with the court case between WTC and ITU. Um, also, this week's show, we've got website of the week. What's the website of the week? Uh, we've oh. got a, a running site. So it's basically lots of running tips in there from an ex marathon runner who's now a triathlon coach. We've got age grouper of the week. The one, two, three, four high five is on. It's on, uh, it's on cramp. cramp. <laughs> <laughs> cramp right then. A few tips on cramps. And in Coach's Corners today, mate, what are we up to? Uh, we're just going to go through sort of part one of planning your season. I know a lot of you guys will be in the middle of season or the end of your season, but um, for the guys uh, who are sort of starting out, just the first sort of steps and what to do in planning your season, and then uh, we're going to go on to training logs and really um, why you should keep a training log and, and the vital things to include. Cool. So first up, races last weekend, we had... The Gulf Coast Half, which is uh, this one here. Yeah, that was over in the States. Uh, you know, a good size race. I think they had about at least 800 people racing. Um, so not, not any pros that I'm really familiar with there, but the winner was Mike Neal from Victoria, and then Daniel Moss was second, and Daniel Domingo was third. Uh, and in the females, Karen Holloway, I have heard of her. She's uh, quite well known. And then Char- uh, Carol Sharpless and Alison Hayden. So I have heard of those females, but unfortunately I haven't heard of the guys. Um, Time wasn't... Well, no one got it on the four. So that's pretty good. We won by 10 minutes, so that's a pretty impressive performance. Mm. Um, quite big gaps there. Three fifty-seven, ten 10 minutes back to second, and then another seven or eight minutes back to third. So, um, yeah, to go sub four hours anywhere at a half Ironman is pretty solid effort. Pretty close between uh, five minutes covering the first two girls. So pretty good racing. Yeah, we also had, um, which is actually up here, I'm just clicking up and everything. <laughs> yeah, we had the Lisboa um, half Ironman. Fast, they went fast, didn't they? And this was a quality field. Let's click on that one there. Yep. Um, good race, all the Europeans sort of coming out for the first time this season and some, some quality guys. So um, here we go, Matthias Heck uh, won in 3.44, <laughs> looks like he um, blitzed everybody on the bike, and then Xavier Lafloc was second, Christoph Mao was third, um, so those three guys are, are top quality athletes, so there we saw you know, pretty close racing, you know, four and a half minutes covering the top three, um, and look, I think I saw... It was pretty the, close all the way down, wasn't it, you know, yeah. top ten, and it was only, well... Minutes in it, 20 minutes in it for the top so, 10. Uh, that guy that won, I think he rode a 204 bike split, so that's pretty, pretty impressive. Fast run times 109 was 109. the fastest run time, and, and basically 10 guys did a, more than 10 guys did under 115. Yeah, which is, Xavier Flock, who ran the 109, he's a very, very solid runner and very um, well seasoned performer, uh, both at Ironman and half Ironman distance. I remember he won uh, half Ironman in the UK a couple of years ago, so um, he's no stranger, and he was only two minutes down, so. Good start of the season for those guys, and I'm sure they'll be getting ready for um, sort of mid-season Ironmans. Do, do we have was it checks results? Yeah, we go down further a bit there. Uh, oh, yeah. So Naria Martinez won four hours thirty, so pretty solid. Three minutes back to Simone oh, Burley, <laughs> and third was uh, Claudia <laughs> I got Martins. Last Martins, yeah, <laughs> you got that one. Um, so yeah, a bit of a spread there in the girls. Twenty-two minutes covering the top three. Pretty good prize money in that race. Um, I think it was twenty thousand euros all up. No, I think it was three and a half thousand euros for the win. So hence, you know, reasonable guys field. Um, so good start to the season for them. Cool. And uh, UK 
70.3 coming up on the 18th of June. You've got Tim DeBoon and, and Chris McCormick, kind of two of the old names in the kind of yeah. sport nowadays, you know, some of the legends of the game. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Obviously, 70.3 spreading far and wide. And I it's guess they both signed up for it. Well, I guess they'll probably be using it uh, as sort of preparation. I know Chris McCormick normally does uh, either Roth or Germany, so yep. he'll probably be basing himself in Europe. So he'll probably head over to Australia, use that as a, as a blowout, an early season blowout, and then go on to do um, an Ironman race in July probably. Who do you think will take it? Uh, pretty sure Chris McCormick will take it. He's very strong. He's, yeah, he's good over good any distance. Yet, he? Yeah, he's good over any distance. Very good at short course and you know, really good at long course. But the boom was the only man to ever win... Um, Iron Man and half in one year, wasn't he? Uh, first, at least. Oh, I don't know about that. Possibly. I think I, I did my research on that one. Actually, I'm claiming it. On if I'm wrong, oh, no, I'm not wrong. I'm right. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's some exciting racing coming up. Last week, um, we had all the big races, or the half Ironman races, with uh, Trenzo Bazzoni winning Wildflower and Kim Brown coming in at second at St Croix. And on try xtry.com, they had the race reports of these guys. Um, for this weekend, we're going to have the links on the show notes, so check it out. But there's some really interesting stuff from all. We had also Lisa Bentley's race report, and um, basically, Brownie was a little bit disappointed he couldn't hold on for the run. Mm. Um, he had a solid ride, and he was saying he was talking about the 20 degree um, climb, the, climb, the, the gradients, yeah, yeah, mm. called it the beast, <laughs> and uh, trying to control his heart rate 100, under 180. And uh, yeah, he was just saying that basically he felt really good on the bike and really pushed it, and yeah, it was an interesting race report. He was saying they just didn't have the speed at this time of the year. Yeah, for I think uh, I think it's a good sign for him. Um, Brownie's obviously coached by um, Scott Molina, advised by Scott Molina, um, and in the last sort of year, he's uh, also got on a specific cycling coach. So he got a guy Brendan Cameron to help him out with his cycling. Um, Brendan Cameron's uh, the um, coach of Sarah Alma, who's a New Zealand girl who won the three thousand pursuit at the at the last Olympics, it's setting a you know, actually smashing a world record. So he's got a specific cycling coach on board because he appreciated that that was the area that he did need to improve. So um, everything's sort of pointing in the right direction, I think. So um, hopefully he can take out Hawaii this year. Mm. Please. <laughs> and as for Terenzo, he was just basically saying that his race was the perfect day. He yeah. uh, really pushed it in the water because he wanted to try to lose a few of the strong cyclists. And then when he got on the bike, he really smashed himself and expecting to turn around and see some people there and he'd left everyone in the dust and... Uh, Talks a little bit about how at the end of the race he started to cramp and he was a bit concerned because last year he had to actually stop and walk for only 10 metres, but still, you know, there was a concern. Imagine how fast he would have gone if he had somebody pushing him. That's what's scary. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was so far in front. Um, I'm sure he probably could have pushed a bit harder if he had somebody there, if he was chasing someone. So, yeah, mm. that's a scary prospect. Mm. <laughs> and then the last one, Lisa Bentley, she was just talking about generally how she... The race was a little bit of a tricky race for her because there's lots of downhills and uphills, and she's actually, yeah. as a race, as a cyclist, she's not the most confident in the downhills, and so she was trying to develop those skills. And although she got second overall, she was actually really pleased with her progress, and mm. uh, she basically knew coming off the bike that she was going to struggle in the run, but she really just smashed herself. And but overall, she was stoked for the race because you know she's really developed those skills of going mm. downhill fast and turning, which I suppose is such in a race like that is. Yeah, I mean. There's lots of people out there who aren't that confident on their bikes, and they say, what do I do to fix it? And the answer is you go and ride lots of hills and go riding hills with really good cyclists and watch the the lines they take and watch their body position, watch things like, you know, the the gyros on at the moment um, and Tour de France, watch how those guys are corner. Those guys are cornering and um, and learn from that. The only way you're going to learn is to practice going downhills fast. <laughs> in Ironman, are there a lot of hill races? Like, uh, is this something we really spending? Not, not really, um, unless you're looking at Lanzarote, um, which obviously is coming up. Mm. We're going to talk about. Um, but most Ironman courses aren't particularly technical. There's quite a few technical half Ironmans, but Ironman uh, not especially. Uh, Lanzarote, Embrim, um, one or two other ones. But France, although they have um, toned it down a bit this year. But uh, most courses are pretty straightforward, straight line stuff. Mm, so you yeah, check them out, though. Good, good read. Um, just a kind of a review from last week's topic in the news with about the uh, court case. There was kind of five points that seem to have come up, well, from the article I read on Slow Twitch about how what kind of this means. And it basically, there's a few things. Just we'll go one for one. Eh? You can read it too. First oh. up, um, ITU will no longer be able to restrict its members from sanctioning WTC events. So basically, as we kind of mentioned, that was the main point we brought across last week. Um, the second one is uh, WTC licensed events will not be forced uh, to seek sanction. a sanction mm. and should it choose not, not to do <laughs> so, <laughs> far away from it <laughs> should it choose not to do so in certain countries 
So, you, you can do the rest. Yeah, because you, you haven't got your glasses either, have you? Um, so, the Ironman, the, this is an interesting one. The, four, the 70.3 in Clearwater can remain a self-declared world championship. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, because they're in corporation, there's really, it's not really a world championship, but they can claim that, Yeah, which is quite big. It is. I mean, um, every sport does this. I mean, uh, I mean, you look at... Like baseball. Baseball, you world call series. it the World Series. Yeah. It's the American Championship, basically. Mm, um, mm. There's lots of sports that do it, so... I think the thing how they're getting away from it is they're not really calling it a triathlon world championships. They're calling it a seventy point three world championships, which it is. <laughs> so the point was made. Maybe they'll end up doing like a thirty point two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is or thirty two point one or something like that. Which will be, yeah. I, I don't think so. I think they'll stick to what they do: the halves and the fulls. And uh, and and the ITU clearly just sticks to what they do best, which is Olympic distance racing and and preparing, you know, elite athletes for the Olympics, and that's what they do best. That they hold the world long distance champs every year, but um, it is the long distance. What is the actual? Yeah, so they do a three three k swim, one hundred twenty k bike, thirty k run, um, and it's not the most prestigious event. I'm sure if you had somebody winning the ITU world long distance champs, and then you said, uh, "What would you prefer to win that or, or Hawaii?" Yeah, um, yeah. I think there's only one clear choice. So they do hold a, a long distance world championships, but it's very very clear that their emphasis um, really goes on the short course racing. And lastly, this last one I'll mention is just how WTC now can have regional championships. So mm. now New Zealand Ironman can be uh, back to what you were talking about last week again. So yeah. there was a feeling in this article, at least, that um, the, um, ITU has kind of backed away a little bit. And I don't, uh, I think, I don't think they had too many feet to stand on, to be honest. Mm. Uh, and they, they seem to have, uh, you know, none of this really points to ITU gaining anything. It's all WTC mm. yeah, gaining anything. Yeah. So. And apparently the turning point was that the American Triathlon Association actually went with WTC, mm. which was where it really kind of hurt them. So, mm. interesting gossip, eh? <laughs> Races coming up this weekend. Got Ironman Lanzarote. Um, so if we just pull up the field there, we've, they've got the pro list uh, up there. And uh, probably the Pretty most... No, very, very strong field. Very strong field indeed. Um, Is that because it's early? Uh, and it's and it's close to Europe, so guys, Lanzarote's a real um, hot spot for people going training, yep. and, uh, and just a very very challenging race. In the past, it has been you know, a little bit of a cherry pick, um, but this year it's certainly not. It's a very strong field. Luke Van Laird's there, so you never know what he's going to do. Um, on his day, he is one of the very very best athletes in his world, but but that was really in the late 90s, and he hasn't shown a lot since then um, that points to say that he is going to be too much of a threat. Um, but he is, you know, looks like he's maybe seeded second. Also got Thomas Hellregal, who's uh, you know former Hawaii Ironman championship champion winner. Um, again, getting a little bit past it now, so I wouldn't be um, putting too much money on him to win. Um, the guy at the top there, um, scroll to the top. Ala, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'll pronounce his name right, but Ain Ala Johansson. Johansson. Um, had a great race in New Zealand. It was only half Ironman distance, but he showed he could re- really run well. Uh, so he's a he's a particularly weak swimmer, very very strong on the bike. Well, and, he did win uh, already last year. He did, but Slow um, time. he would have. Uh, it's a very tough course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll see what he does, but he's uh, the defending champion. So we'll see how well he does there. And also Bjorn is racing. Bjorn Anderson, we've got him down there. He um, he spends quite a bit of time in Christchurch, uh, and he's we'll see how he goes. I mean, he, the guy can run. I think everybody thinks of him as a, a cyclist. But he's a very, very good swimmer. Uh, obviously amazing on the bike, probably arguably the best cyclist in the sport. And also he can run. You know, there's no reason why Bjorn can't run a three-hour marathon. And if he can back that up with his usual bike and swim, uh, he'll be a pretty uh, pretty scary prospect for most of those guys. Yeah, really, when, the day he pulls that all together. If you keep scrolling down a little bit, there towards the bottom, and uh, no, up a little bit. <laughs> Where is he? Uh, Kai Huntermark, I think, was down there. There he is. Uh, so he's an ex-team telecom rider, so we'll, uh, he started off very, very strongly. He got 16th at the at Hawaii in 2004, 9.19, so that's a pretty strong performance. Mm, first up. First up. So uh, he'll obviously, uh, I mean, there's a few very good bikers here. You've got Bjorn, you've got Kai Huntermark, and you've also got uh, Johansson. So while it is a very tough course, I think we'll probably see some pretty quick bike times there. Especially because I imagine Bjorn most of the time rides by himself. You mm. know, if you've got other... You know, like, it'll be interesting to see if they... They'll always have to pull each other along, won't they? Well, the thing is, Bjorn will be off the front because he, he'll be first swimmer. out of this yeah. one or one of the first. And I guess these two will probably have an advantage because I don't know how well this guy Kai Hundemark swims. But um, 
Johansson certainly doesn't swim very well, so it may be that they come out of the swim together and could work it, work it, work their way through. The other one to really note in the female field is uh, Karen Thurig. Uh, again, I've probably pronounced her surname wrong, <laughs> but uh, she's a phenomenal talent. Uh, if anybody's followed her progress, she's a um, a cyclist and an Ironman. Uh, yeah, she's won a couple, hasn't she? So she's been a world. She's won Ironman Switzerland. She's won Ironman France. And whenever she goes to the world uh, cycling time trial champs, she's usually very, very high up as well. So why she does both? Uh, she just gets away with it. I don't think she does. Um, seems that she focuses a little more on her cycling, and then she just rocks up and does Ironman. So wow. I'm not quite sure which one she prefers, but. Uh, I think if she focused on her, her swimming and running a bit more, she could uh, probably do even better than what she has done. Um, down the bottom, we've also got uh, Rebecca Preston, who won um, Ironman UK last year. Very, very strong Aussie Aussie girl. Um, so those are probably the two to watch out for in the females' field. They've got photos, and I'm just checking out the best-looking one, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just leave that right now. Um, we've also got a couple of 70.3s coming up this weekend. We've got... Baja? Is it? Ba- Baja. Baja. Ah, there we go. Oh, <laughs> Baja's coming up this weekend. Um, small field. Small field of pros. Couldn't yeah. Real small. Very small. Quality field, though. Yeah, it's um, great. Who we got there? We got Rosie, Jamie Cleveland, Chris Liado, Chris Lee. Peter Reid. Peter Reid. Um, and some good girls there as well. Kate Major. Kate Major, yeah. Andrew Fisher, Kate Allen. So, uh, yeah, a very a very small field, but very, very quality field. So Only five checks. Yeah, so, so you're in the money. You're in you? the money. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into that. I'll get, I'll get my hands slapped for talking about things like uh, equal prize money. But maybe we can discuss that on another day. Yeah, controversy. <laughs> um, yeah, so they'll be interesting to see what happens in that race. And we've also got uh, the Florida. Florida 70.3. So they've obviously got a few 70.3 races there because um, they've obviously got the World Championships uh, there later in the year. Oh, so right. here. no profile there, but that's coming up. So we'll have a bit of a race report on that next week. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty. It's going to be really nice. Yeah, I've got the profile here. It is. Oh, there we go. But it's a little bit bigger than the other one. But yeah, wait a second. Oh no, it's a bloody hopeless website. <laughs> <laughs> Can't find what you're looking for. It must be a hopeless website. <laughs> We've actually got we're working here on Bevan's Apple computer, which actually crashed for the first time ever. Yeah, I'm a bit Be- angry about that. Bevan, you should get a PC. I think. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think I'm just coming down. Ah, uh, bugger it. Okay, so the um, yeah, so cool. It's uh, it's news for this week. Into my business now, the age grouper of the week. And uh, I went on and they had a look at the Gulf Coast Triathlon. And to be honest, I was well impressed with a lady called June McLean because she's 45, got second overall in the Masters category, which yeah. is a pretty good effort in a time of 4:59:39. But June is a bloody legend because she did the swim in 28 minutes and five seconds, which is one minute or 55 seconds behind the fastest male, she had the fastest female swim of the whole field, yeah. and just like whoa, yeah, very impressive. Because I, I believe I, I had a guy, an athlete racing there, and he said they had a lot of wave starts. So I think what probably makes that even more impressive is that she probably would have had to do it by herself, you know, swimming off the front. Um, because I know there was a number of wave starts, so she wouldn't have probably been no. able to draft off the top guys. So, um, yeah, very impressive swim and a good finish overall, second place, and in a Half. What is a real fast swim? Uh, you, I don't think you can. Uh, you, you never measure them. Courses, courses. It's, um, yeah, I, I, I wish that organisers could simply, not so much with the swim, but with the rest of the distances, actually get them right, and then we can compare yeah. races against races. Sure, you have hills in there, but when we talk about these fast run splits, we see all the time, and the problem we always have is. Are they exactly a half yeah. marathon? And uh, I wish people could just <laughs> run an accurate course. It'd be make especially it with GPS supply. like technology. You think it'd be quite easy to do now, don't oh, you? You'd think so, um, but it doesn't happen that often. What's all that about? So well done, Jim. We're well impressed. You're our age grouper of the week. How do you get this? We're gonna move on to one, two, three, four, half five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Enthusiasm. <laughs> Um, so what I thought we'd just cover very quickly today, when we do the high five, we're not going to go into too much detail. We're just going to give you um, five tips. Quick tips. So one of the areas that a lot of athletes struggle with is cramping. Uh, and so we thought we'd just give you five quick uh, tips on, on what to avoid. Now, one of the things that when people say they cramp, a lot of people automatically associate it that it's a, a dehydration or electrolyte problem, which it sometimes is. But I think a lot of people don't uh, always appreciate that it could just be a muscle fatigue problem mm. and they haven't done um, any you know, the correct specific training for that event or, or done enough training and they're just simply not fit enough. So we've got a mixture of tips here um, to, to hopefully help you avoid cramps if you get them or if you've had them in the past. 
So the first uh, the first tip is really to work on your, your flexibility, um, all round flexibility, but mainly focus on the areas perhaps that you've cramped in the past. So if you've got problems with your calves, really stretch those out um, and get some more massage on them and try to loosen them up as much as you can before the race. Uh, tip number two is do some specific strengthening exercises um, in the areas that you really need them. And you can do things like for your calves, you can do skipping, you can do hill running. Um, a really good calf one to do actually is one I do myself for calf strengthening is eccentric um, calf strengthening. So you do a stretch and a calf strengthening as well. And what you do is you basically do a calf raise on one leg, mm-hmm. up for two, so it's one, two, up. But then what you do is you're going down for four to six, so you're going down really slowly. So what cool. eccentric strengthening is really good for building, it gets better strength in the calf. And that cool. way you get a really good stretch. And you aim to do three sets of ten on each leg. And like I do that every couple of days when yeah. I'm into hardcore running. So it's another good way to help. Yeah. Too. It's typically you know calves and quads that stretch yeah. uh, that the, the you cramp in. Um, so Bit of as, as well. Bevan said, there strengthening and hill running is great, um, great mm. for just all round leg strength. So everybody should include some hill running in their programs. Um, obviously, if you have uh, felt that you've cramped and you've just been drinking water in the past, which hopefully most people aren't, don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, it really just get an electrolyte drink, and there's obviously a lot of electrolyte drinks out there. And you know if, if you if you've got problems with cramps, look for a drink that has got a bit more sodium in it. So there's all sorts out there. So when you're coming up to a race, check out what they provide. Um, if it's low in sodium, then come up with a strategy where you're going to get something that's got more sodium. So some of the higher sodium um, drinks, you know, can carry up to sort of about over 200 milligrams of sodium um, per per bottle so look for something you know perhaps over 150 um, and that should help with that as well also look for a little bit of extra magnesium and potassium and that should help as well are there any drinks you recommend uh pro four (laughs) no i think you've really just got to try and find one you like i mean the key thing is you've got to find one firstly that you that that tastes good um and secondly then you've got to look um start analyzing and, and look for particular ones that are going to suit your needs if you've got a very high sweat rate and you know that's going to cause you to cramp or if you're going to a particularly hot race. So I've got one guy who's going to an Ironman later in the year and he's tried um, the Gatorade Endurance and he can't stand yeah, it. Yeah, I've tried that. It's just horrible. It's horrible. Um, and it's and, sure it's got all the good stuff, but it's just yeah, so it, bad you don't want to drink it. Exactly. So if you know that's going to happen, we've, we've got to come up with a strategy where we can get around that. Um, so he's going to have to carry you know some carry three drink bowls at the start maybe put them in your special needs bag um, and then maybe have some sort of uh, tablets like um, none or something like that where you can just pop a tablet into your bottle and you can grab water at the aid stations and mix your own drinks one time years ago I went down to uh, the University of Otago which is our university down in South Island and I had them sweat test them before I went to Hawaii oh, yeah? so I jumped in a chamber and they yeah yeah it was kind of funny experience but when I was there, the guy who was like this health science guy, he just basically said he always just put salt and sugar in his water. Does it himself? You, you can do that. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I've tried that before and I just couldn't, couldn't, like couldn't, couldn't palate that salt flavour. Yeah. Um, but again, that's something you can try. Lots of little things. Mm, definitely. Yep. Um, add more table salt to your meals leading into the race. You actually, you know, coming up closer to the race, not you know a year from the race, but closer <laughs> to the race. Actually, start to add a little bit more salt into your meal, and basically when you cook in the meal, add some more salt, chuck a little bit more on. You yeah. Know, be a bit more generous with it. Yeah. Don't block it. the arteries. Yeah. <laughs> doing it all the time. But just adding a little bit in race week will help. <laughs> and the last one is if you do have really chronic problems um, with cramping and uh, you tried a lot of the tips we've already mentioned, another thing you could try is quinine sulfate. Um, you, you generally need to get that prescribed, but it's, it's a, uh, a product that uh, a lot of people it's actually prescribed for older people. Yeah, um, I've used it. Yeah. Yeah, I've used it quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and it's great. Yeah, so quinine sulfate. Have you, have you got it uh, over the counter or have you had to get no, a yeah, prescription? No, I had to go to the doctor. But it was, um, I'm not sure if you're allowed to use it in a race, but I did actually use it in a race earlier on because I, I didn't really know, to be honest. And because my first race, I cramped really, really bad. Yeah. And, um, and so I was really concerned going into my second race. And a mate of mine did a race called the Kepler Challenge, which is a, like a 96, 70K uh, run. 60, 60, 67. Yeah, and it's a really tough run down in South Island here. And um, he was just saying, he was always cramping. He's a high sweater. And he said to me, mate, I've got this quinine and it's, yeah. it's amazing. And so I went to the doctor and I got it and I definitely didn't cramp in that next race. And I, I don't yeah. know if I can put it down to that, but uh, peace of mind wise, it was nice going into the race. Now, once from there forward, because I tried to get a little bit better, I decided I wasn't sure if you'd like to use it or yeah, not. Yeah, no, you, you can use it. In a race? Um, yeah. I've, well, 
my sports doctor has told me <laughs> to use it, uh, so I'm pretty sure. Well, um, in that case, well, yeah, you might want to do a little, if you're a pro, you may want to do a little bit more research into that, but, um, although John's a pro, so yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> then, yeah. then it comes back to our uh, point last week, nobody ever gets drug tested, so. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, definitely, honestly, I found it great. I, you know, and I would, if, if you're allowed to use it, I will use it again, because I didn't use it in my last race, but... Um, it was just peace of mind, and I, yeah, it was great. So, so definitely, there you go. There's your five for yeah, yeah, high five for this yeah. week. One, two, three, four, high five. Yeah, yeah. Now we're gonna go on to the. We should do a re- like both together on this, okay? So three, two, one. Website. Website. Oh, wait, 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 let's do it again. Okay. One, two, three. Website, Website of, of the, the week. week. Okay. So this uh, this <sighs> week. I would actually like people to start submitting some websites into us because we have got quite a few we like, um, but. We'll only be able to go on for so long. So yeah. if you do have any really good websites with good information that you think um, perhaps people might not have heard of, um, do share them with us, and we will share them with the, the millions of people that listen to our show. Yep. <laughs> um, but this I week, billion. <laughs> <laughs> this week, uh, there's a guy called Pete Fitzinger who's a, um, a running and a triathlon coach in New Zealand. He's actually an American guy. He ran at uh, two Olympic Games for America over the marathon. Um, so obviously pretty handy runner himself. And he's got a team of coaches uh, together on this uh, website, which is, if you go to pfitzinger.com. Again, show notes. Read in the show notes. And don't forget to click on those Google ads. And if you go onto this site and you, you can surf your way around, uh, there's a number of core exercises to do. There's a number of uh, exercises to do with uh, Swiss balls. But on a very, very good page, they also have uh, loads of articles on training, racing, recovery, it is more um, geared towards running and marathon running, um, but a lot of that stuff will cross over to, to triathlons. So um, lots of really good articles in there. Pete Fitzinger actually coaches uh, Debbie Tanner, who's a, a Kiwi girl who recently won a uh, World Cup race in Ishigaki. She's only about 23, 24. She's pretty um, hot too. <laughs> <laughs> she is. <laughs> You're not getting enough of the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so check that one out. It'll be on the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Just one thing with those Google ads. What we've put an ad on there for um, Firefox. Now Firefox is a, is a browser, which is um, for those of you who are on a um, PC at least, is to me is far superior to um, IE, which is um, the Windows browser. And so we've got it on there. Now we do make a, I think we make a dollar or fifty cents per per people who sign up to Firefox. But we've kind of got it on there because I do actually believe it's a better browser. So go when you're on the website, see the Firefox ad, and click on it and download it and start browsing through that and you'll find it a much better experience than, than, than one a thing product. Just one thing i found with that is you can open up a number of tabs on the same window. Yeah. And I find that quite useful rather than having 20 windows open at the bottom of your page. Yeah. Um, you can have a few tabs. So Yeah, and it's also a lot more secure, which is, oh. I think, yeah, and... They, oh, don't get me he's, he's converted me. Yeah. He's not going to convert me onto his Mac because that just crashed before. Oh, so. yeah, but it crashed every day. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> let's not go there. I got an email from John about oh, about an hour ago saying, I've got this brilliant idea. <laughs> so explain this brilliant idea. All right, it's going to be called the... Uh, let's make sure I get this right. Yeah. We're going we're to get some music for this, I think, because it's such a big area of the show. It's the Triathlon Trifecta Tantalizer. Triathlon Trifecta Tantalizer. We have these so, great names, don't we? <laughs> so I, I, I do my best thinking when I'm out on the bike, and I just thought this one up this morning. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we, Bevan and I, we have a little competition whenever an Ironman comes up, and we uh, have to pick our winner and uh, our top three at Ironmans, and uh, we'll have a point system in place, and uh, you'll get one point for picking the winner. You'll get uh, two points for picking two of the top three, and we get five points for picking the, the top three. So, so what, we go to the end of the year? We'll go to the end of the year. We'll go to um, Florida. So uh, whoever loses has to, I don't know, run down the main street of town in a pair of Speedos or something like that. Yep. And uh, we may even try and get a bit of interaction here with the, uh, with yeah. the thousands of listeners out yep. there. And, right. uh, but we'll have a bit of a think on this because I did only think it up this morning. Yeah, he thinks it up and he gives me an email. I'll get it just before he turns up. He says, oh, you got to make your picks. I'm like, oh, what's all that about? So, so for this one, we're just going to do the guys for Lanzarote. Um, cause, it's not a huge female Because it's field. not a huge female field. And, uh, and we'll see how it goes. And uh, I'm, I'm confident I'm going to take Bevan out on this. <laughs> it's, uh, I like so much research for next week. <laughs> That's the thing. I always, I think, you know. I like competing when I know I've got a very good chance. <laughs> and Bevan is the type of guy who'll probably go and ring all these guys up next week and find out who's going to win. I know who's going to win, I tell you. So, so got... you threw me in the deep end, but who did you go up for winning? Right. Okay, so I've got... He's... Yeah, I know your picks, so you're not allowed to change them now. Yeah, I will. So my, uh, I'm picking uh, Anne uh, Johansson to, oh. to win. Okay. And then Felix Martinez to come Ooh, second. Who is he? 
Yeah, you missed him, didn't you? I wasn't, I wasn't leaning onto that. So he got. Uh, uh, I was just going by the photos, mate. So he got third last year, and then I'm going for my. This is my dark horse, Nico Lanos from uh, Spain. Nah, he'll cramp. He, uh, <laughs> short course guy going on course, he can run. So he, I've got some money on him as well. Okay, so well I'm, I'm going for Stefan. I can't even say his last name. Libertrau. Libertrau. Yep, he's going to he's going to take it out. Apparently, the guy's a legend. <laughs> Bjorn, my good old friend from Christchurch. Well, he's not really my friend, but I'm claiming it. Bjorn. <laughs> He's going to come in at second because he's just going to blitz that ride and he's going to do his first ever three-hour marathon and come in at second. And then the old good old old school, good old Thomas Hellregel is going to come in at third. Yeah, take Thomas. Yeah. God, this, that, that, is, uh, that cycling field is just phenomenal. That's you know all the best cyclists in the world there, which is uh, great. So, okay, so pre- pre- challenge prepare on. for a caning. Well, if you've got an idea of what can be the prize and or the loser and the winner, give us, <laughs> give us an email and we'll see what we come up with. Anyway, Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner, righty-ho. So this week we're going to go on to uh, sort of planning your season. So I appreciate the you know southern uh, get it right southern hemisphere athletes are, are sort of going into their off season. Um, but your northern hemisphere athletes, I know a number of you will be racing in the uh, in Lake Placid and Coeur d'Alene and things like that in July. Uh, maybe Switzerland for the European guys or Germany. Um, but for guys who've got a, maybe a later season race, you can do a bit more planning now. Um, so I suggest if you guys are all iPod people, it means that you're probably uh, fairly well. Your literacy levels on the internet are pretty good, so I'd suggest starting with a spreadsheet rather than writing this all down on paper um, and just set out a year plan. So week by week, um, have your year planned out. That's your first step. Do it on a week-by-week basis. Then add in any holidays. Schedule in any family time you've got. So if you know you're going on holiday with a family or um, you know it's at work, you've got a really stressful time. Just make a note of those, um, and we'll talk about that next week when we start to sort of periodise your year, and then start to add in your races, um, and obviously highlight them. So you can uh, choose to which races are maybe A races, B races, and C races. So your A races are the ones you want to peak for and do the best, which is probably your your Ironman race. Um, B races are maybe one or two halves, uh, if that's uh, if you do have some ones that you want to do well at. C races are things you simply do not taper for, and you're just going in there and doing it as a training, training day. day. Um, so put, put them all in place. It's really, it's really important because I know from my days as a personal trainer, is you get people who come along, you know, they join the gym and they're so keen and like, okay, I'm going to be able to spend 20 hours a week, you know, doing this, and it's like, okay, well let's just back it up a little yeah. bit, you know, you have much spare time have you got, and it's really important at that first stage that you be really realistic, eh? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and the thing with training is you always start out a bit slower, and you know. The hard part of your training is, you know, um, four to, to eight weeks out from the race. So Yeah, and so, keenness will get you through a couple of weeks and then yeah, life kind of gets back to no, yeah. normality and next thing you know, you're in, you know. So be realistic and make sure that other you, you, you are prioritising your time and that you are spending enough time with your family and you know that when work time's going to be busy, realistically, you mm. will have to cut back on mm. your training. So, so make a note on on times when you think they will be a little bit less for training. Yeah, because it's more important to do it then than have, then do something that's too overboard and actually feel bad about that you're not keeping up with it. So, yeah, definitely. Totally. Um, then the next step that I usually get people to do is to add in three half Ironman simulations or half Ironman races. Um, so, so you want to work. Uh, just it's a the key thing is it's a practice day. Um, so you want to practice your nutrition. You want to practice your pacing. Uh, you want to practice just being in race situations, getting smashed around in the swim a bit. So I generally find that three half Ironmans or half Ironman simulations works best. Uh, and spacing-wise, I generally say work, working backwards. You probably want to do your last one about five weeks out. I wouldn't suggest racing a half, really hard half Ironman five weeks out from Ironman, but doing a half Ironman simulation at Ironman pace about five weeks out works out really ideal, I think. So, yeah. so would you do that? Like, for example, you know, oh, there's not half, half. I mean, I'm always on. Yeah. And so, do you do that by yourself, or do you try to get mates together? Or? Definitely try to get some mates together. Yeah. Uh, so try and get an open water swim if possible. If you if you don't have the access to that, you do a pool swim with your wetsuit on. And I know you're all going to say you get pretty hot. Yeah, but you get pretty hot. Tough yeah. titties. And you float. It's it's only two k. Do 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 about two thousand meter swim. Yeah. Um, well, you put one on every year, don't you? Yeah, we do, we do one. Yeah. We do about five weeks out. Um, guarantee is always crap day weather <laughs> every time I do it um, but it's just a good situation don't you don't go out there and draft you just go out there and do your thing 
So I generally say about five weeks out is ideal for that. Uh, and then you want to have two other half Ironmans or half Ironman simulations, ideally around about nine weeks out and then maybe about 13 weeks out. So have one fairly early in your build just to sort of shake the cobwebs out when you're in your base period and then have one sort of middle of your build up and then one about five weeks out. What about short course and Olympic course? Um, if you're really focusing on Ironman, I tend to not get guys to do too many of them. What, some, what I find is quite good sometimes for um, Ironman guys that I get to do locally is that there's a short course race um, that's quite a long way away from Christchurch. I'll get them to bike down on the Saturday, do about 180k on the bike, and then do the, the race on the Sunday. Okay. Um, so you do, you're racing a bit fatigued, so that's a benefit you're getting yeah. from that. Um, but I would I tend to say uh, you want to try and limit the number of races you're doing because for most people, the weekend is when they do their, their big bikes and yeah. you don't want to compromise them. You want to get as many big bikes in as possible. But that's the other thing. If you do have any other races in there, schedule them in uh, and perhaps figure out a way that you're going to fit training around that. Um, so if, you get, if it's going to mean missing your long bike, um, you obviously want to try and pick that up somewhere yeah. else in the week. Um, your next step, which we'll go into in a moment, is uh, set yourself up with a training log. Again, you can add this onto your spreadsheet. Uh, we'll go into that in a moment. And, but, uh, and then next week, what we'll talk about a bit more is sort of periodizing your season. Um, so how to break it down. Um, into like about a 16 to 20 week block. The one thing you mentioned that you thought would be quite good to add in here is... Yeah, that it's a, tra a training log. I, um, to be honest, I'm not the most disciplined person when it comes to training logs. Over time, and which is really fascinating because I write a diary every night, yeah. <laughs> but I don't keep a training log. But um, over t I've, there's been periods where I have. I tend to get into it closer to a race. So when I get into that 12-week block before a race, I keep a training diary, and then out of it I don't. And, and to be honest, it's probably best to do that all the time. And so I thought, well, from here forward... This is something I need to do myself. And I was just, you know, a few questions about what you believe, uh, the things that we need to have in the train log, you know, yep. what, what to have, what's not really so important. For the uh, for, for someone like you who perhaps uh, is not really into keeping a training log, probably the, it's a financial outlay, but the, probably the best thing you could do would be to get a really good heart rate monitor like a Polar 725 yep. or 625 because then simply what you can do is you just download your, your exercise file each time. And what that will do, it will download obviously all your heart rate information will download how long you trained for and it automatically chucks it onto a diary and you can add in a few little comments so the key things you want to have in your training log is obviously you get the duration of your training um, if you did any intervals times heart rates um, that's sort of important data obviously uh, effort how hard you pushed but the key thing is, is really blogging that that basic information and then a few comments on how you felt so, any, so with the Polo, you just plug it in your computer? Literally, you've got a, an infrared um, download thing. So you press two buttons, download straight into your computer, and you've got it's basically 50%. Yeah. Well, you've probably got about 75% of the information you need straight onto your computer. And then you just need to add in a few comments on um, felt great, had a sore shin um, or something like that, um, drilled the intervals, maybe went too hard for the first one. Just a, a, a few quick comments um, is all you need. But then uh, that should only take you maybe, I don't know, one minute per day. Yeah. Downloading takes probably a minute and then one minute to write some comments. And that's okay, so, really I, so I don't have one? Well, what's, what are you, what are you looking uh, for? Then you've got to put it in manually. So time you've trained, heart rates if you're doing any intervals. Uh, distances? Sorry? Distances? You distances? So um, yeah, I think so. But it, obviously if you've got a hilly course, indicate that and you yeah, notice yeah. that you've done hills. But... I mean, when we talk about distances in New Zealand, um, it's very different to the, to America, not because well, just in, yeah. because our road surface is so crap, so average speed, and that doesn't play too much in. So I'm, I'm much more of a time person than distance, yep. um, so I, I think time counts more than distance. Do you worry about intensity? Uh, yep, if, yep. You do, if you do intervals. Um, that's where heart rate's obviously going to indicate that. Or training um, zones, which we talked about yep. previously. Um, some other things that are, that are really important to add in, um, and this is where I think a lot of people are pretty slack about doing it, is uh, morning heart rate. If you take your, mor your morning heart rate every day lying in bed, when you wake up, if you see any significant variations in that, that can be an indication of, of overtraining. <laughs> but is the alarm going off? Is that Well, then you've got to lie there for a little bit and there. just chill. Sure. Take your heart rate, your resting Don't heart rate. Don't let the kids rate. come in the bedroom. <laughs> no. yeah. Don't let any nookies start yeah. happening. <laughs> Don't get excited. Get off me, get off me. <laughs> My heart rate's going, get off. Bring <laughs> me a cup of tea. <laughs> so resting heart rate is a very, very good, good indicator of um, perhaps when it's not a good idea to train. And, and every day? Every day. Wow. Um, 
a function they've also got a function on the polar heart rates that I haven't really um, explored a lot but it's also got another function on there that can measure I think your heart frequency I haven't looked into this a lot yeah. uh, but that's another good indication of, of overtraining uh, so that's a good indicator um, if you're trying and to so keep, you, wait, 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 go, so you, what you're looking for if, you know, uh, if, if, if there's increase, any, it's quite significant any significant variations so either increases or decreases yeah. and uh, if you combine that in with feeling a bit dodgy then it's probably a good idea to either skip that session or reduce it down or reduce the intensity and you're looking for patterns so um, variation on, on one day um, just 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 be a little bit careful if you see continued variation then you've just got to start to be a little bit more careful so um, you consult your coach what yeah, say for the people who don't use coach, coaches just back it up just back it up yeah, uh, yeah. Back, it up. Ba- back it off not back it up yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, the other things especially if you're trying to lose weight or just trying to monitor your weight if it does fluctuate a lot um, taking uh, your, your weight every day. The key thing when you do that is uh, making sure that you do it at the same time every day. Yeah. So if you go for a go to the toilet, you know that can make a pretty significant yeah. change in weight. I'm so, always a big believer of doing it first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. But you either do it first thing in the morning before the toilet or first thing in the morning after the toilet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so those you got to keep things pretty. <laughs> it's just stay away from the Keep right? things constant. We're not going to go measuring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the key things. But yeah, so just to summarise, um, I'm a big believer in, in hours trained uh, and some basic comments. Those are probably the two key Courses, things. Courses, the actual thing you've done. Yeah, yeah, that's important. You um, don't, you don't, you don't, I mean. It depends. The more the more you include, the better. Yeah. Um, the more time. One other thing I haven't mentioned is uh, doing four weekly totals. So every four weeks, if you if you're good on spreadsheets, you can just get them to automatically sum up. Um, but histo- for for further down the track, if you can look back at your training volume and look at how much you did each four weeks, then you can see how you're progressing. Um, you know, maybe early season you went too hard and you you saw your volume shoot up and then it came shooting down. So that can be really good for planning in the future is to measure in four-week blocks your total volume of swimming, biking, and running. Okay. Why are, why are training logs so good? Uh, if you can look back, if you had a good race, you can look back and see what worked. If you had uh, perhaps a poor race, you can look back and see what worked. If you got sick, and you can look, look, look through your pattern and say, well, um, my body weight was fluctuating all over the place, my heart rate was way up, but I wasn't really taking any notice of it. So you can just, it's more of a, an analytical tool for further down the track. Do you the coach? Do you, so, like, do you read your guys? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, for, for a coach, for especially for distance coaching, I get my guys to fill in a, a weekly training log, which has got all these things we've talked about. You've got a really out. good one, eh? John's, yeah. got, John's got this spreadsheet that he's created. You create it? Yeah. Oh, you're a legend. With a little bit of help. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of help. And, uh, but it's really good because it basically you write down, you just put the numbers in and then it creates it does it all for you. Yeah, yeah. So I get my guys to fill that in every week. I mean, once you get into a habit of doing it, it literally takes two minutes a day. Once mm-hmm. you're in a habit, it actually becomes quite fun. Yeah. Because um, you sort of look at it and, and you look at your graph and go, oh, yeah, the graph's going in the right direction. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then I get them to email that over to me every Sunday or Monday morning. And then I just sort of make some comments, sort of make sure they're not doing more than what they should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that the main problem? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, typically athletes are doing, they're lazy and they don't do enough or they do far too much. Yeah. Um, and generally the guys that just stick to the program are the ones that, that do the best. Well, yeah. um, they don't get over-trained. They uh, don't obviously under-train and they generally perform pretty well. So they stick to their recovery weeks when they should do, which is a key thing. Okay, so that's it? Nothing else to add? Pretty much, that's it. Yeah, if uh, if you want to go into more detail, you can always check out my website yeah. and get in touch with me. <laughs> What's the website again, John? Oh, triathloncoach.net. Oh, I hate saying it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is, it is an important tool. And even if you're not, say, getting coached now and you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to do my own thing this season, um, when you, if, you, if you do get a coach next year, then yeah, uh, sending true. them yeah. the information will help them hugely. The, the most difficult part of the coaching relationship for me is those first few weeks um, and people sort of say, oh, I was doing roughly this, roughly that. Yep. And, uh, and it takes me you know, a good few weeks to get an understanding of what they really are capable of doing. So it will help you further down the track if you think, I'm, just gonna, I'm on the plan, I'm on my plan this year, but next year I might want to look into getting a coach. Uh, and I can assure you that the, the relationship will be, be much, quick, much better, much quicker uh, if you do have a log you can give to them. Um, also, don't lie. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, don't lie. If you've, if you've got a train log, it's there to help you and kidding yourself by adding an extra 10, 20 or dropping, you know, like, yeah. it, you know, what's the point? Because yeah. some people do. Oh, yeah, lots of people do. Yeah, so right. it's uh, be honest with yourself, be honest with your coach. Yeah. You know, the, way, the, the way you get the most out of coaches is asking questions and, uh, and being proactive. You know, coaches can't see 
what's going on all the time. No, no, but if you communicate clearly, then they have a better idea, right? So exactly. Yeah, don't don't lie. Doesn't help anybody. It's the lying that hurts. Um, so that's it for coaches' corners this week. So next week we're going to go into this, into yeah. Next week we'll just sort of um, bri- briefly cover how to sort of break up your season, how to periodize it out. Um, I generally work on about a about a sixteen week block building up to a race. Yeah. So uh, we'll just sort of talk about a few key things to do there, when to try and add in your recovery, um, when your big mileage should be, just sort of summarising some basic points. And uh, should all be hunky-dory. Nice, very good. We've got a few questions and emails from uh, from you guys out there this week, and we've got an international flavour to it. John Regula. Regula, we'll Regula, go with that. Regula. From, Sorry uh, if I got that wrong, John. Yeah, John. Good, John. First, good first name, though. Yeah, John's been doing triathlon for quite a while. And uh, about 14 years, and he's from Chicago. So, and uh, he's going to do his first Ironman in Wisconsin coming up. So it's kind of exciting. But um, he just mentioned a few things that I kind of thought were pretty cool. And uh, he, they have a group where he lives, and uh, they they call it the Monday Night Triathlon Club. And what they do is they get a lot of guys who have done Ironman before, and they just get every couple. I think they meet monthly. I think um, was what he's saying in an earlier email, and that they just all catch up. And they have the new guys who are into the sport, and they get some of the guys who are maybe not so much doing it nowadays, and they just have a, you know, a bit of a question and answer and get together and really just going over, you mm. know, which I think is fantastic because mm. that experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't try and reinvent the wheel when you don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. You know, like it's in anything, you know, people who just stick to what works, you know, mm. often just get it right. He also mentioned that we might want to chuck on the, uh, the Ironman race rules. Which oh, have, yeah. have you ever read them? No, no. <laughs> change it well. The drafting one's probably the one that most people take note of, but uh, no, yeah. I can't say I have ever looked at those. No, no, drafting no. rule has changed though, so be aware of that. Um, well, it changed last year, so it's uh, oh, you have to check the race rules. Yeah, to see what yeah. It is. Well, actually, John sent me through the race rules, so I'm pretty sure they'll be up to date. And uh, so we'll go on the website. We'll chuck a PDF on there so you can download it and uh, check them out because I mean, it'd be quite interesting. Yeah, there's things like you know you're not allowed to run with other people. You aren't part of the race and all that kind of stuff. And I remember a long, long time ago, well, maybe probably about 15 years ago, Erin Baker yeah, that's who, right. um, got disqualified for a race because she took a glass, uh, a cup of, of water. water. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was from any supporter. She just took it from a non-race official and she ended up getting disqualified. So yeah, imagine it, was, that. Uh, it was pretty bad. She'd be an angry woman that day. Yeah. Also, we had an email from uh, Richard Cutley. Yep. Yeah. From Ireland. From Ireland. I can't do Irish. Oh, we've got a few people in Ireland listening. Yeah, that's very good. Cool. Go the Irish. Yeah. Um, but he was just asking. He was asking a bit more of a specific question. He was asking if there's anyone knows if we have Mark Allen, Dave Scott, Jewel, and Kona on video or like a downloadable clip that we can get. Now I jumped on the web and I tried to have a look around. I went to uh, YouTube, which is a good place to see video, and uh, I managed to find who was that? Julie. Julie Moss. Yeah, I managed to find that on YouTube, but I wasn't able to find. Dave Scott, Mark Allen Jewel of um, 89. So if anyone actually knows if that's out there, or if anyone actually has it and maybe want to post it on YouTube, now YouTube is basically like an online website that has, um, you just submit video to it, and it's really cool. And uh, check it out anyway, it's just like you as in you and me, and Tube as in television Tube. And um, But if you've got it, chuck it on there and let us know, because then everyone can have a look. I, I've only really seen the snippets that they have on some of the mm. Iron Man stuff, and I was amazed to see that they didn't actually... Sell it, I thought, you know, because that seems to be the race everyone talks about. Have you yeah. seen it? Uh, I, I've seen it a long, long time ago. I've seen the clip where Mark Allen breaks away. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'd love to have a look at that as well. I actually got to listen to the interview. Oh, I hope, hope a few others did as well. Yeah, well, it's too late now, but yeah. it was interesting talking about how that, yeah, I found that bit where he was talking about the breakaway was quite fascinating. Mm. So, so yeah, so hopefully we can get that out there for you, Richard. Um, but yeah, I didn't have much success. It was interesting going on to Wikipedia, which is a... Uh, oh, you spend too much time on the internet. <laughs> yeah, do you, have you been on Wikipedia? No. Oh, you don't spend enough time on the internet. <laughs> but it was interesting some of the stuff they had there about Mark Allen on there. But anyway, yeah, that's enough about me and the internet. Bevan's got to go off shopping and buy a new computer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no way, mate. This is mint. Um... If you guys do have any more questions or emails for us, you know, just send them in. We're um, here to help you out. And uh, also with the power of the group that, you know, surely, hopefully things like, like uh, Richard's questions, we can sort them out. So just email us at ironmantalk. Oh, no, I always do that, don't I? Talk at gmail.com. Yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so for any email questions or anything, and even just stuff we've talked about, if you have any more specific questions, feel free to email us. Um, anything else we need to add? Show notes uh, this week will be on the website. So uh, check out the website, Um 
check out this weekend's racing. I'm quite excited. Mm. Now I'm going to sit there all day Sunday and watch the <laughs> <race>. <laughs> and encourage my boys along. Um, is there anything else to add? Can you? No, not, th- not that I can think of the top of my head. It's going to be a big week next week because we've actually got a couple more iron races coming up. Um, mm. Japan and Brazil. Japan. In Brazil. In Gordo's Brazil. racing. Yeah, Gordo will be out there smashing around. I haven't seen the start list yet, but uh, we'll, we'll find that out and we'll have a bit of a in detail analysis. I'm sure you'll probably ring up Gordo trying to get all the tips yeah. so you can kick my ass in this I competition. We're actually going to see if we can get onto Skype and do a Skype interview, which uh, we can do through this amazing computer of mine. <laughs> and uh, and so we're going to see if we can get onto that and maybe see if we can get onto Gordo and have yeah. a yarn to him about that. So um, all you Gordo fans out there, I'm sure will love that. So yeah, uh, what are you up to for the rest of the day, mate? Not too much. I've done, gone out and done my little bike ride, two hours in the hills. Looks like the weather started to pack in, so your ride's going to be a bit, oh, is <laughs> a bit colder. Oh, no. This is quite nice here, But uh, no, not too much else on this week. Just hope that the weather sounds good. So I'm going to try and do a bit more biking, get ready for Epic France. Um, so I had Scott Molina around yesterday, and we were just putting the final touches on the route for Epic France. Oh, really? Whew, it's going to be tough. Is it really? <laughs> very, very hilly. Oh, um, really? So that'll be a tough. So I'm really going to try and... I mean, I'm not going to be doing too much riding on the camp, more organising, but I do want to try and get a little bit of shape so I can go do a few of the uh, the big coals, and it yeah. um, should be good. So I'm going to have to try and do a bit of riding the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. <laughs> I'm always keen, mate. What about you? Um, well, actually, just just a bit of a comment. I've been I've been trying to up my swimming recently, and I've been uh, aiming, I've been trying to swim every day, and I've just been slowly progressing because it's such a jump from going from you know I was doing like three to four a week. Now I'm swimming every day, and it's interesting, I'm finding my shoulders are really actually feeling it, and I haven't really been doing much intensity, and the longest I've swam is an hour, so I'm doing like anywhere mm-hmm. from 2.5 to like 3.5, and, a half. and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just slowly swimming, I've been swimming already today, but I just, yeah, I find it really interesting how the shoulders do. Look after those rotator cuffs, yeah, do so, lots of stretching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing I find really tight, and also just kind of like an aching kind of adaption kind of feeling to it, yeah. yeah, so... So yeah, just thought I'd add that in. Um, what am I up to for the day? Well, I'm going to go for a bike ride about now, <laughs> and uh, I've got a big aerobics thing on this weekend, so Ooh. I'm going to do, woo yeah, that's right, <laughs> and uh, so I've got to go and practice for that tonight, so mm, loving it. it, loving it. So anyway, guys, uh, have a good week, and uh, train well, and we'll catch up with you the same time, same place next week.